0: Welcome back to Cod Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by Engage for Good and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at EngageForgood.com and SelfishGiving.com. Now, on to today's episode.
1: Hey, everyone. It's Joe Waters. I want to welcome you to another exciting episode of Cause Talk Radio. On the line with me, of course, is Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hello. How are you?
0: I'm excited because we are on the podcast again.
1: That's right. We're on the podcast again. I got a whole line of kind snack bars right in front of me to eat during this entire <gasps> show.
0: You do? Yeah, one of my favorite bars, in house. bars. I know. We always
1: have them in the house except for my daughter who's not, who has to be nut-free, right? But oh, but the rest of hard. us, yeah, but the rest of us enjoy him very much. And so I have a whole pile in front of me today for this great interview that we have with George Halaf and he is executive director for Empatico. I, how often do I get to say words like that, Megan, right? Get this, not very, Megan. Not very. Empatico is a $20 million initiative from the KIND Foundation, which of course is part of KIND Snacks, and it's designed to broaden kids' views through meaningful interaction with peers across the globe. It's a free online it. learning tool, Megan. Hey, George, how are you doing today? Doing well, Joe. Thanks for being on the show. Wow, what an exciting new project that you have with the folks at KIND. Thanks. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm excited to be part yeah, of it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, what Empatigo is all about and how it got started. Yeah.
2: So, um, briefly, Empatico—you can think of it as a as a free online learning tool that connects classrooms around the globe. So, if you're a teacher, it is really a one-stop shop that combines, you know, reliable video conferencing technology with activities around universal topics. So if you think of universal topics around weather and water and food, these are topics that every kid, regardless of their race, religion, national origin, experiences in, in, in their life. And the activities are fun, and they're designed to easily integrate with existing curriculum. So really briefly, you can imagine for a second that an eight-year-old in Mexico City can now explore what life is like for an eight year old in Arkansas. Or perhaps more importantly, given the divisions in our own country, that same kid in Arkansas can now have meaningful interactions with his or her peers in Brooklyn.
0: It's kinda like what Joe and I do on the podcast each week, the Pacific Northwest, trying That's to right. understand what's happening in Boston. You're building bridges. That's right.
1: East yeah, <laughs> east meets west, north meets south.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, maybe you could tell us how this whole initiative got started. I mean, we saw the release from Kind and then all of a sudden there's this new organization. Are you a nonprofit? Like how did this all happen? How did you get involved? Like take take us back to the beginning.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, Empatico is an initiative of the Kind Foundation. And the Kind Foundation is a 501c3. Um from- You know, it's funny. I got involved really early on. I mean, I've known Daniel Lebetsky, the founder of Kind uh, Kind Snacks, for about eight years. And um, Daniel is the son of a Holocaust survivor who lived thanks to the kindness of enemy soldiers. I grew up as a Christian in Beirut, Lebanon during, you know, I was born right before the beginning of a 17-year civil war, in a society that was really overrun with identity politics and and rampant distrust of, of the other. So, you know, as immigrants, Daniel and I, we've both witnessed firsthand what happens when people don't develop an appreciation for difference. Even though Daniel and I have different backgrounds, our early experiences Shaped uh, the way we look at the world, and I think we have very similar worldviews. When I when I met Daniel, uh, we bonded over our shared worldviews, um, our passion for you know establishing these human connections across lines of divide, and perhaps most importantly, our desire to take action uh, to promote a shared shared humanity. And incidentally, when I did meet him. Um, when, when we reconnected 18 months ago and he started pitching the idea of Empatico to me, he shared emails that he had written to himself about 13 years ago between the hours of 2 and 5 a.m. I don't think the man sleeps. So, so that, th- those emails were the, were the seeds of what, what is now in So this isn't something that, you know, is just he, he just conceived of, you know, last year. This is something that's been marinating in his head
1: in the middle of the night, um, you know, thir- a- a- as long as 13 years ago. So why, uh, you know, one of the things I'm curious about is why the focus on third and fourth graders? Do you feel like that audience is particularly impressionable? And, you know, as we get older, we get kind of fixed in our opinions. And do you think there's more opportunity with them?
2: You said it, Joe. I mean, there's, there's, there's uh, you know, when I first started, I, I felt overwhelmed by the challenge. And I started actually speaking to some neuroscientists. And it's interesting. They, they suggested, which isn't news, that, that changing an adult mind is really an uphill battle. Because so much of our brain has already been wired. And we've developed these default assumptions about those people who are different. The mind of an eight to 10 year old operates completely differently. And those biases have yet to become as deeply rooted as they are in my mind or, or your mind or Megan's mind. So, you know, around that time, kids are asking questions about their place in the world. And they're old enough where they're asking those questions, but young enough where they haven't yet formed those default stereotypical assumptions. So we really believe that there's an opportunity at that age where we can get a better return on our investment, and we can influence how um, kids
0: perceive others in the future. I think that's amazing. Um, I'm curious, though, you know, you often see these programs come out of corporate foundations or companies themselves in partnership with a nonprofit organization. But why, If what from your understanding from Daniel, why did he want to choose to start an entirely new organization, if you will? And I know you're an initiative within the kind foundation, but why, why something so set apart from what they're already doing?
2: Yeah. You know, I like to think of it as, as, as less so set apart, but more part of what they're already doing in a way, you know, kind has always been on a serious mission to inspire um, and spread kindness on a global scale. And the decision to launch the Kind Foundation stemmed from that desire to really scale social impact as the business grew. So Kind sees Empatico as an extension of that vision, which was part of Daniel's sort of original idea. Um, so, you know, we're very much aligned with, with KIND and, and the KIND Foundation, you know, when you look at their mission, they're committed to teaching future generations to act with kindness. And they create opportunities for young people to connect with those who are different, to hone their critical listening skills and to develop leadership skills. So in a way, Empatico and what we're doing with eight and 10-year-olds by connecting them Around the world is just a natural extension of, of of kind's mission to spread kindness.
1: You had mentioned George that you reconnected with Daniel eighteen months ago and started to talk to him about this progress. You know what type of training did you have that kind of prepared you for this? In addition to your own uh, childhood experiences, of course.
2: Yeah. Um, well, I've I've spent probably half my career in the private sector. Um, the other half in the nonprofit world. Um, when I had met Daniel, I was working, um, I was running a social entrepreneurship program in the Middle East, in Lebanon, Jordan, Egypt, and Palestine, where we would identify entrepreneurs and give them a mix of technical assistance, mentorships, access to funding to help them scale up and reach more beneficiaries. Um, so, I met Daniel while I was doing that work and we stayed in touch. And uh, he, I guess, naturally thought of me when he started thinking about s- seeding Empatico and this vision of connecting children across lines of divide.
0: I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the overlap, if you will, between the Kind brand and the Kind Foundation brand and Empatico. Like, h- how much are you going to be? reporting back to the kind community and kind employees about what it is that you're doing, or is it really just kind of a separate standalone thing and the the ties to the kind foundation or to kind itself are a little bit looser?
2: I I would I would I would say that we're most closely connected to the kind foundation because we're part of the kind foundation. We're you know we're kind foundation employees. And and by extension were were obviously connected to to Kind the company given their mission to spread kindness and, and 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 how serious they are about that and doing that at a global scale so i think when you think of some of the other initiatives that that kind foundation's been involved in they've all had this similar theme of you know discovering a shared humanity across lines of divide they they had a recent initiative called Pop Your Bubble, that was an experiment um, where you know where they they had people on Facebook elect to be matched with their algorithmic
0: opposites. That's how Joe and I became friends on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so again, the the bridges between Portland mm. and Boston.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Worlds <laughs> apart.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so so that that's really I mean, so I think I think it's a natural and and you know, the kind staff are really bought into this
1: movement. It's not just a company. It's a larger movement Mm -hmm. around spreading kindness. Hey, George, are you already matching kids in classrooms around the globe? Is that something you're already active with?
2: Yeah. So we're we're just launching our beta version. Um, Registration for teachers opened three weeks ago, and we're going to start matching on November 2nd. So right around the corner. Um, So the timing is perfect. And this version of of Empatico is going to offer four of those universal activities. Uh, The topics for this version will include weather, geography, um, kids' contribution to their communities. And really, so over the next few months, and then this upcoming academic year, we're going to work closely with a group of teachers about a 1,000 teachers to collect feedback on their user experiences, to test the content of the activities, as well as to test the features on the technology platform so that we can continue to improve the tool. And we'll incorporate that feedback for a much larger public launch in the fall of 2018.
0: George, how are you identifying the teachers that you're working with right now? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I mean that that's really. I mean, I think you that, that's
2: one area that keeps me up at night. I occasionally have those Kevin Costner Field of Dreams nightmares where we build something <laughs> and no one comes. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I would say it's it's a combination of lots of grassroots efforts with you know identifying individual teachers who are those early adopters. Who are already looking for ways to connect their classrooms globally and to help their kids expand their worldview beyond the four walls of a classroom, essentially to give them a window into the world. So there's that like grassroots, bottom up, you know, working with individual schools, individual teachers, individual principals. In addition, we're looking at partnerships with networks of schools. So we're working with Participate. We're working with Ashoka. You know, um, f- we're working with Teach for America, Teach for All. These are networks. You know, these are these are organizations that already have trusted and established networks with 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 primary schools all over the country or all over the world. And I would say sort of – so that's – there's the bottom up. There's the middle, which is the networks. Then there's the top down, which is working through departments of education and ministries of education. You know, those tend to be much larger bureaucracies. And, you know, the incubation period to get somewhere takes longer – but the potential return on that is large if you can get a large school district or a ministry to adopt what you're, to adopt the, the tool.
1: Um, George, what about this program right now is just for English speakers, right? But is, are you going to broaden it to non-English speakers at some point?
2: Yeah. So right now, it's it's only available for English speakers. Um, however, we do have plans to expand it to non-English speakers. We're going to do that. We're going to translate the site and the content into other languages. What's more challenging is we're looking at translation technology that would allow simultaneous translation. This, the, the, the existing technology and the tools we're looking at for that simultaneous translation is far from perfect because um, it doesn't do well with background noise. And you can imagine a third or fourth grade classroom having a lot of background noise. Um, and, and it also doesn't pick up, you know, idioms or it translates idioms quite literally. So you can imagine the challenges with expressions like, you know, like English idioms like break a leg or bite the bullet or under the weather you know, if those are literally translated and into a different language, it opens up, um, you're exposed to a lot of misinterpretation.
0: George, how long do you have funding from KIND and what happens when that funding runs out? Is there some sort of business model you're looking at to kind of sustain this long-term or is this uh, really just an experiment for the KIND Foundation?
2: The KIND Foundation has just announced that they'll fund Empatico with $20 million for the next three years through 2020. You know, If, if the initiative scales in the way that I imagine it can, we expect that other partners will join and, and and come on board with the kind foundation funding A- as of now we don't have any sort of revenue generating models in our plans and we don't plan on ever um, charging, Teachers or schools for use of Empático, because we really want this to get out and to scale.
1: So, is that part of your metrics for success? Are there other things that you're looking at that will kind of determine the success of the program?
2: Yeah, I mean, right now our short short term metric for success is is scale and reach, um, but we're also looking at indicators that are related to empathy. So if you think of things like curiosity and perspective taking and critical thinking, these are all uh, indicators that relate to empathy with children. The challenge with trying to measure the impact on any of these indicators on a global level and to standardize it, it's very tough uh, across languages, across countries. And the last thing we want to do is create cumbersome surveys that add on additional time to teacher's already busy day. So one idea we're, we're sort of experimenting with or thinking about is, is developing, let's say, imagine a game that's fun and easy for kids to play and use, but the back end of the game is collecting information on perspective taking and critical thinking and, and, and those, types of, those types of indicators. So you can imagine kids playing that game at the beginning of the school year and then playing again after participating in several Empatico activities.
0: I love it. I love that you're already thinking about measurement too, because that's such that's going to be such an important thing going forward. Um, I'm sure you learn new things on a daily basis, George. But what do you think um, have been some of your greatest learnings since you started with Empatico that you could share with our listeners? Besides my favorite flavors of Kind bars, well, you could share those too. <laughs> <laughs> Dark chocolate, sea salt. We usually have Kind bars every year at the Engage for Good conference, so. <laughs>
2: One learning I think is is that there's there's a real hunger to be heard. And having lived and worked in the Middle East, I'm all I've always been struck by how misrepresented the region is in mainstream media, where the dominant narrative is one of destruction, poverty, terrorism, and war. And this this narrative is this this dominant narrative often overshadows the voices of people on the ground, the humanity on the ground? So I, you know, I when I when when you talk to teachers in places, um, you know, if I if I go to Palestine and talk to a third or fourth grade teacher, there's a lot of pride they have in the kids that they're teaching, and it's it, and it's combined with a frustration that the world is often seeing their country only in one light that the mainstream media is pushing so there's this hunger to let to to shine a light on a different narrative and perhaps empatico can play a role to help amplify these voices and shine a spotlight on a different narrative one that tells uh one that one that talks about a shared humanity and one that, you know, can start to counteract the, off- the, the, the dominant narrative of these places being portrayed in the media today.
1: Well, that's good. I mean, it's certainly something that's needed. Um, what about the branding of KIND on the Empatico site? What is, you know, will we see the KIND logo on things? Is it something that you're not mentioning? How, what's your approach to that?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, we, you'll, you'll see the KIND Foundation logo on our site. Um, and, and, you know, kind is very proud of being part of Empatico and we're proud of being part of the larger kind movement. So I, I, I almost think of kind corporate kind foundation and Empatico all supporting the
0: same movement
2: to make the world a kinder place. And we're just doing it in slightly different ways.
0: George, maybe you can close us out today by sharing what your vision is for this exciting initiative. And it's certainly a big one. I mean, Joe and I look at these types of programs all day long, every day, and this certainly kind of rises above in terms of scope and commitment. And it's a huge idea with big funding. Yeah, it's and, a big idea. Um, so what's your big vision for where this is going to go? When I think about Empatico, it's, it, it
2: reflects to me a gradual but important shift to integrate character skills like curiosity, perspective taking, and empathy into the classroom. And it also signifies teachers, you know, willingness to leverage technology for the benefit of students who are really growing up in a tech-first economy and an interdependent world. You know, in the future, I I, I imagine Empatico becoming this frictionless platform for connecting children all over the world. And it'll be a widely adopted way for kids to connect with one another and explore their similarities as well as their differences. So I'd love to make Empatico exchanges a normal part of, of every kid's educational journey. We're starting with third and fourth graders now, but but you know, really looking to expand this well beyond that. And maybe, you know, perhaps one day will use the word empatico to describe shared experiences across lines of divide. So maybe someone can say they're having an empatico experience.
0: Love it. Love it. Well, George, thank you so much for sharing this big vision and for sharing the story of Empatico with our listeners. If people want to learn more about Empatico or the Kind Foundation, how might they do that online? Um, Yeah.
2: So to our website at uh, empatico.org, thekindfoundation.org. And we're also active on Facebook and Twitter.
0: Excellent. And we will include that in the show notes. Joe, where can people find you online? Uh,
1: people can find me minute to minute on Twitter at Joe Waters. Also sign up for my email newsletter at selfishgiving.com and don't forget all those pins on Pinterest, pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you?
0: You can find me on Twitter at Megan Strand and I tweet for Engage for Good at Engage for Good, which is also where you can find show notes for today's episode, engageforgood.com as well as selfishgiving.com and while you're online, please stop by and subscribe to Costock Radio and iTunes so that you do not miss an episode and while you're there, Also, if you would leave us a review and let us know what you thought about today's show or other shows, we would very much appreciate it. And on behalf of George and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio. And we'll talk to you next time.